Would you define in uh, your Bible today, uh, Mark chapter 3, uh, one simple verse, verse 16. And I'm going to just uh, kind of recap for you, if you've not been able to be with us. We're talking about the, the wells of life. Say it, I'm a well of life. And we found out that if we're going to, you know, function this way, be what God's called us to be, we have to understand by revelation that we are, in fact, God's mobile wells to minister to this to, you know, particular season, this particular time, to those that are lost, what Brother Osteen used to call crying, sighing, dying humanity. Look at somebody and tell them it's you. This isn't going to be accomplished without the child of God on the earth today. But then we have to understand the empowerment that's on the inside of us. What has God put on the inside of you? And how many of put it mighty things on the inside of us? He has given us His Spirit. He has given us the sevenfold Spirit. He has taught us that the, good, the gifts and the fruit and the power of God is there. In fact, the same power that raised Jesus from the dead is on the inside of you. Look at somebody and tell them, doesn't that make you special? The same power that raised Jesus from the dead is on the inside of you today. Glory to God. Well, then we also learn that we have to have connection to Him if we're going to flow as the wells of God. We're going to have to stay connected to the Lord in living contact, in vital union. If you cut off, of course, the limb from the rest of the tree, it's going to die or carry it away. And the Bible says you actually will burn up a limb like that. You and I have to stay connected. There's no way for that anointing to flow into our lives consistently. And then we found out it's not just connection, but it's availability. It doesn't make any difference if we have the revelation and have empowerment and we're connected to God if we're not available when He calls upon us to do something in this land. Now, you probably haven't noticed it because the, the etching away has been very slow in this nation, but we have very quickly become an unchristian nation. And those that profess Christian, those that say, I am a Christian in background or by identification, no longer believe in the things of God like Christians did 100 years ago, 50 years ago, or even 20 years ago in this nation. And that means there's a severe problem. People that are even confessing Christ or getting born again are not getting the Bible born again. They're not getting saved and living according to the Word of God because their values and their thinking and their thoughts, their beliefs are not changing. For example, you cannot get born again and then answer a survey and say that all roads lead to the same place, heaven. I don't know what kind of born again you got if you believe that there's any way but one way to heaven. There's one way, the Bible says, one name, amen, given among men under heaven by which we must be saved. So if you got saved and then 10 years later you answer a survey and say, well, you know what, all religions are basically the same, all faiths are the same. And this is the, the data coming out right now about the, the state of American Christianity. For people no, long, no longer believe that this is in fact the infallible inerrant word of God. That you can pick and choose as you want to. This same survey talks about the fact that so many people who claim to be Christians no longer even believe there is a hell. And closely behind that no longer believe there is a devil. Look at somebody and tell them we've got our work cut out for us. In other words, somebody in this nation better have their spiritual head on straight. Because what our people are getting right now across the country is not biblical New Testament Christianity. You can say I associate, identify myself as a Christian, but that doesn't necessarily mean that you are getting what the Bible says is actually the born again or the new birth or the life in Christ. And that's why our job is now more important than ever. Turn to somebody and tell them you are needed in this nation like never before. People who actually believe that Jesus is Lord. 
people who believe that this is, in fact, the Word of God. People still believe that there is a thing, a person, an entity, not just some force out there, but there's a personality called the Holy Spirit, and He is real. People who believe in God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Ghost without compromise. People that still believe this Word has standards for us to follow. Are you that way today? Come on, say it, I'm that way. In other words, there's this religious thing, Christianism in America, and then there is New Testament Christianity, and they are not the same thing. And I believe in this room today are people committed to New Testament Christianity. You believe the Word of God and what it says. So the job is, is, is immense. That just means, as Todd was talking about a moment ago, that gives us plenty of opportunities to make a difference in this world. Or we can go hang our head, you know, and crawl in a corner somewhere, or we can be the light of the world like Jesus has called us to be. Amen? Turn to somebody and tell them I choose to be the light of the world, not crawl in a hole. In Mark 3.16, Jesus had, uh, had picked those under the direction of his Father who would serve him as apostles. And the Scripture says, And Simon, he surnamed Peter. Say that with me. And Simon, he surnamed Peter. Shout that out again. And Simon, he surnamed Peter. It's interesting that the ideology of the name Simon means a reed, a piece of grass, flimsy. The wind blows this way, and, and that's wherever that reed goes. The wind blows this way, and the piece of grass blows that way. But Jesus said, I'm going to name you Peter or Rock. You're going to be consistently strong by the time I'm done with you. Aren't you glad the Lord looks past what you are to what you can become? Probably everybody in this room has felt exactly as Peter did. Not exactly on the top of my spiritual game. But you know, it's not the Lord that cancels us. That's supposed to be that world culture out there. Because I tell you something, if you're not careful, you'll let that cancel culture get on the inside of you as a child of God. Canceling not only others, but canceling yourself. I guess at some point in time, Peter could have said, why in the world would he want to use me? I think it's interesting today as I meditated upon that, that there was a rock in the Old Testament, and that rock was Christ. And that rock provided life-giving water to the people of God. I see today how God was talking about the stability of Peter, but also that Peter would be a source of life-giving water to other people. Look at somebody and say, you're not some dried up reed. You are a rock in the things of God. But if you look at this, you say, how, that, how could that possibly be? I mean, this is a man who said, I would never deny the Lord. He was a boaster. He wanted to walk on water, but as soon as he looked at the, you know, the waves and the circumstances, he began to sink. So he's a boaster and he was a sinker. He goes into the garden and he wants to so defend his Lord that he takes his sword and cuts off the ear of the high priest servant Malchus. He's a cutter. He gets around these young girls out there by the fire when Jesus is in the midst of his kangaroo court and they say, aren't you one of them? The Bible says with cussing, he denied that he was one of them. He's a cusser. He's doing real well right now. He's a boaster, a sinker, a cutter, and a cusser. 
And the Bible says in uh, John that he actually denies the Lord three times. He's a denier. And on top of all of that, we find out that when Jesus finds him, he's back doing what he did when he did as a, as a fisherman. He's a quitter. Maybe you can relate today. Everybody say boaster, sinker, cutter, cusser, denier, and a quitter. Meanwhile, Simon Peter was still standing there warming himself, so they asked him, you aren't one of his disciples too, aren't you? He denied it, saying, I am not. And one of the high priest's servants, a relative of the man whose ear Peter had cut off, challenged him. Didn't I see you with him in the garden? What he was saying is, I saw you cut his ear off. You were there. <laughs> Again, Peter denied it. He's a liar. God is not expecting to use you without transformation. And every person in this room is on this journey. We're all at different places and stages. But he has no intention of leaving you untransformed because he desires to use you. Some of you are thinking right now, you know, all that about Peter, I'm starting to feel pretty good about myself. On the other hand, you may think I relate heavily to him and then some, and I'm completely disqualified for being anything that God could possibly use in this life. Turn to somebody and say, you're not disqualified. The question is, how in the world did this man turn things around? And the first key is that Jesus was raised from the dead. And Jesus personally reached out to him. Tell my disciples, the Bible says, and Peter. Don't leave him out, bring him in. And the Bible says that the, the Lord restored him, asking him, Simon, do you love me more than these? You understand that Jesus was still intending to use this man. And he's still intending to use you. In this room today, there are people who made some pretty bad choices in the past year or two you're not proud of. And maybe you're tempted to say, he couldn't possibly use me, I'll just cancel myself. No, uh, you don't have that prerogative. You're not the Lord. Today, if you sent an email 10 years ago and something in there wasn't quite right, you said you'll pay for it today in this world. Say the wrong thing, write the wrong thing, hang around the wrong people, mischaracterize something, and it's a life sentence for people. I thank God our God's not that way. He's not in a cancel culture. He's into a restoring culture. Those who have blown it, those who have let them down, he still wants to use them to do mighty things in their life. So your poor choices, that does not change God's eye and your mind one iota. It only changes people's minds. The resurrection changed everything. The love of God changed everything. And the second thing that changed everything is Peter was in that upper room on the day of Pentecost. Peter showed up. Turn to somebody and tell them there's something to be said for showing up. He showed up and he was doused with the Holy Ghost like the rest of them, speaking in tongues as the Spirit gave him utterance. And all of a sudden we see within 50 days of his denial, a total transformation in this man's life. Are you here today? And the point today is that if we are the well, there's going to be evidence in our lives that we are. There's going to be something that marks us that this is true. We are the wells of God. Look at somebody and say, you're the wells of God. And you have evidence in your life. 
You have to go to the scripture and see what God did with this man to actually find this out, some evidences of the life flow. Go with me over to Acts chapter 2. Poke somebody and tell them God's not done with you yet. Some are thinking, I'm not a boaster, a sinker, or a cutter, but I'm a joker, I'm a smoker, I'm a midnight toker. Maybe that's you. <laughs> All I can tell you is that uh, he's not done with you yet. Maybe your responses to life haven't been the greatest. Maybe you've been a little bit too emotion ruled. Maybe you feel like you let everybody else down. You have to understand that in God's eyes, you're extremely valuable to him, whether you see it or not. In uh, Peter, he receives the Holy Ghost in Acts chapter 2. And then in verse 14, here's the first evidence that life is flowing in you, and it's simply this, the flow of the message of God. There are things in you today that you can't begin to comprehend that are powerful. And they're already in there because of the Holy Ghost. In verse 14, then Peter stood up of chapter 2 with the 11. and raised his voice and addressed the crowd. Fellow Jews and all of you who live in Jerusalem, let me explain this to you. Listen carefully to what I say. These men are not drunk as you suppose. It's only 9 in the morning. No, this is what was spoken by prophet, the prophet Joel. In the last days, God says, I pour out my spirit on all people. Where did Peter get this? He's not a seminary graduate. He's not a rabbinically, traditionally, you know, trained individual. He's a professional what? Fisherman. But the time he spent with the Lord and by the Holy Spirit, he is popping out the scriptures now. The message is flowing out of the well. Watch this. Your sons and your daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. Even on my servants, both men and women, I'll pour out my spirit on, on those days, and they will prophesy. I'll show wonders in the heavens above and signs in the earth below, blood and fire and billows of smoke. The sun will be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before the coming of the great and glorious day of the Lord. And everyone who calls on the name of the Lord, what? Will be saved. The message is flowing out of the well. Could you imagine somebody standing up and saying, well, wait a minute now, you're a boaster and a cutter and a denier and a liar. How, how do you think you're qualified to do this? Guess what? It doesn't make any difference when the Lord taps on your shoulder and begins to flow through you. It doesn't matter what people think. Well, you know, 50 days ago, you were cutting off Malchus's ear. Who do you think you are? Can I tell you something? God didn't care about what you were doing 50 days ago. He cares about what you're doing right now. And he preaches this message, men of Israel, listen to this, Jesus of Nazareth was a man accredited by God to you by miracles, wonders, and signs, which God did among you through him. As you yourselves know, this man was handed over to you by God's set purpose and foreknowledge, and you with the help of wicked men put him to death by nailing him to the cross, but God raised him from the dead. Come on, say it, the message is flowing. Freeing him from the agony of death because it was impossible for death to keep hold on him. He quotes David. Everybody say he's flowing. He begins to talk about how he would not be suffered in decay, but he'd be raised as the, as the risen Christ. And he goes on to tell them in verse 36, if you look at this, and I encourage you to read the full message of what flowed out of this man's heart. Therefore, let all Israel be assured of this. God has made this Jesus whom you crucified, both Lord and Christ. 
Is this a big deal? Yes. yes. He got right up in their face and said, guess what? You're culpable. Everybody say the flow. Do you know that there's a message on the inside of you? Do you know there's something powerful on the inside of you that God is just waiting to get out of you to help somebody else? Amen? And if you're not careful, you'll let the, the, the enemy of this world, you'll let people, even religious people, somehow try to shut down what God's trying to get out through you because of that cancel culture. But God is interested in you hearing today. He, wa- he wants to flow through you the message of hope and restoration. Amen? Notice it's real specific. It's not about 15 different gods. It's about one God because only one God died for you. Jesus is Lord. Amen? Everybody say a message will flow out of the well. Say it again. The message will flow out of the well. And I really don't think that Peter had time to go study. Where is this coming from? Everybody say, thank God for the Holy Ghost. Come on, say, thank God for the Holy Ghost. That message of hope and redemption and power, the boldness, everything, the bread from heaven is coming because what is on the inside of him is powerful. And the same thing that's on the inside of him is on the inside of you today. Hallelujah. Poke somebody and tell them God's getting ready to use you. Look at Acts chapter 2. The first evidence of the life flow is the message. The second uh, evidence is members. And we're not talking about church members here. We're talking about members of the body of Christ. We have lots of church members in America. But there's a big disconnect between what God expects a member to be and what a church expects a member to be. According to the Word of God, we're supposed to decrease as He what? Increases. According to the Word of God, we're supposed to be ones that live as though we were dead so He can live through us. Today, American Christians are mostly just ornamental, where they just tack on their faith on Sunday or some other time, and they live their life the way they want to, doing what they want to. But in New Testament Christianity, to get born again is to die to yourself. You see this today. He preaches, look at Acts chapter 2, and in verse 37, when the people heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and other apostles, brothers, what shall we do? They were, in other words, they were convicted by the power of God. And Peter replied, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins. And you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The promise is for you and your children and for all who are far off, for all whom the Lord our God will call, telling them redemption is for all and the Holy Ghost is for all. With many other words he warned them and he pleaded with them, save yourselves from this corrupt generation. And those who accepted his message were baptized and about 3,000 were added to their number that day. How many? How many? 3,000. When we are the well, the message flows, but also the members flow. He adds to his body, not the church little c, but the church capital C. He is interested in you and I influencing others for the cause of Christ and introducing them to a personal relationship with the Lord. Not with a religion, not with an institution, but with God himself. He is the transformer, isn't he, church? Glory to God. In other words, using your influence to impact other people with the gospel. Amen. 
and expecting them to be transformed as they interact with you and interact with others of like precious faith. Watch this. This is habitually the way it is in the early church. Read the next verse with me. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. And everyone was filled with all many wonders and miraculous signs were done by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common, selling their possessions and goods they gave to anyone as yet need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of the people. And the Lord added to their number... Daily, those who were being saved. Everybody say Acts 2.47. Say it, I want to be a part of the Acts 2.47 club. Where people get what? Daily. So he didn't make you the well so you can be goofy, spooky, or kooky. He didn't make you the well so you could be weird in the body of Christ. It is so the message would go forth and that members would be added to his body. He is interested in people coming into, through the redemptive mission of Jesus Christ, a living relationship with the Lord and becoming a part of his body. You know what happens when you become a part of the body of Christ? Your self-identity is diminished. Your identification is now where? In him. In fact, that's what really baptism is all about. You identifying with his life, his death, his burial, his resurrection, and now your life tied to his, you know, for the rest of eternity. But that is not the brand of Christianity that is developed in this country. For most people, their association with the Lord could be compared to their civics club or some activity or some hobby. Look at somebody and say, being a Christian is not a hobby. Come on, say it again. It is not a hobby. You say, we know, Pastor, I'm just a little bit too quirky. God couldn't use me to do this. God will take quirky. Amen. Turn to somebody and tell them, I know you're a little quirky. God's not afraid of that. Do you know how many weirdos there are in the body of Christ? I mean, there's some strange characters in the body of Christ. They don't necessarily talk like you or act like you, you know, or look like you, but, you know, God just uses them. Wells come in a variety of shapes, sizes, and colors, temperaments. Amen. They got some tall, skinny wells. Got some short, fat wells. Got some light wells, some dark wells. Amen. Did you know what they all do? That's completely immaterial. It's about what's on the inside that matters. So turn to somebody and tell them God can use quirky. God can use weird. God can use strange. In other words, look at him and say, God can use you. Yes, amen, even you. Because it's what he put on the inside of you. This treasure on the inside of us. This anointing on the inside of us. Maybe you're tempted to to be a, a quitter like Peter was. But how do you understand? Peter didn't quit for long. Amen. Tommy Barnett used to say, you know what? You can think about quitting as long as you know you never will. It's 2021. It's almost 2022. Our Lord is returning soon. We have to be about letting that message flow and adding every member we can to the body of Christ. 
Church membership is incidental. Church membership standards will never reach the standards of the body of Christ, ever. What's the standard in the body of Christ? Death to self. What's the standard of membership in the local church? Fill out an application. When I was a college student in this church years ago, I wanted to be a member of the church, and so the pastor stood up and said, hey, Art wants to be a member. All in favor? They said yes, in case you were wondering about that. Yes, they actually said, yes, we'll take him in as a member. <laughs> that was it. That was the entire process right then and there. Real formal. If you want to be a, a part of the body of Christ, the standard is a little bit higher than that. And it should be higher than that. Death. He must increase. We must decrease. To live is Christ. To what? To die is gain. And because that message has not been communicated clearly in altar ministry and discipleship ministry, people do not have that understanding. It's get saved, get some insurance in case there's a hell, and then get up and live your life the way you want to. No, it's live your life for him all the days of your life. Amen? Come on, shout it out to live as Christ. To die as gain. Look at them and say, you're not so weird that God won't use you. In fact, you'll split your side open if you listen, you know, look at people in the body of Christ. I mean, they're funny. They do some funny stuff. Amen? The evidence of the life of God flowing in you as a well, the message and members, the number three miracles. Hallelujah. Everybody say miracles. Shout it out. Say miracles. Say miracles again. God is in the miracle working business. And have you noticed uh, he's not physically here right now? But his body is. So where are those miracles supposed to come from? The same place the message and the members came from. You and me. Healing, deliverance. Whether it's Peter and the beggar at the temple gate, beautiful. Or a supernatural escape from the clutches of the enemy. Or his shadow being believed to actually have power to heal people. You and I are seeing signs, wonders, and miracles all around us if we'll just open up our eyes to see. These signs shall follow them that believe. They shall follow and they are following, and God is in a mood to increase both the tempo and the number of these. I saw this in the Spirit years ago, that the miracles in this country are going to be so prevalent that people will stop counting. There'll be no way to keep track of all the good things that God does. Through whom? Through the super apostles? No, through the people of God. Listen to this scripture in Acts chapter 5. In verse 12, the apostles performed many miraculous signs and wonders among the people, and all the believers used to meet together in Solomon's colonnade. No one else dared join them, even though they were highly regarded by the people. Now, no one said, we just want to be a part of the club. They didn't show up if they had that mentality. Nevertheless, more and more men and women believed in the Lord and were added to their number. As a result, people brought the sick into the streets and laid them on beds and mats so that at least Peter's shadow might fall on some of them as he passed by. Wait a minute now. The boaster, the sinker, the cutter, 
The quitter? That guy's shadow? Crowds gathered also from the towns around Jerusalem, bringing their sick and those torn by evil spirits and all of them. All of them what? All of them were healed. On the inside of you today is a message. On the inside of you are members reaching people with the uncompromised word of God. On the inside of you today are miracles. All you need to do is just flow. Look at somebody and tell them, flow. Every day, just make up your mind. You're going to let God use you. He wants to speak. You'll be just like Peter. Listen to me carefully. Words will come to you when they need to come to you. You've had the experience in your Christian life where a scripture came to your mind from out of nowhere, something to say, a word of encouragement came. Where did that come from? It came from the Holy Ghost. You're going to see an increase in this in these days. You're going to, you're going to just absolutely astound yourself sometimes with the things that come out of your mouth. And you'll say, where did that come from? I'm not talking about cussing. I'm talking about the things of God coming out of your mouth. It's different day. You're going to be amazed the people God gives you influence with. They're lost and undone without God. They are in a position where they need the Lord, and you're going to be there to connect them to the hope of God. And I declare to you today the miraculous like you've never seen before. Amen. So for your information today, God did not cancel you. Your mistakes, your stupidity, your failures, the things you didn't get right, the things you didn't handle right, that may get to people, but that does not rise to a threshold where God cancels you. The fact is, he needs every one of you he can get. I'll tell you this, don't you become a canceler in your own mind. Huh? Well, so-and-so didn't do it perfectly, so I'm just going to separate myself from them. Well, they didn't handle that perfectly correctly, so I'm going to separate from them. That's the spirit of the world creeping on the inside of you. Amen? We are called to restore and to redeem. We're not called to cancel. Hallelujah. So turn to somebody and say, there's a message in you. There are members in you. Come on, say, there are miracles in you. Miracles. Signs and wonders. Get a glimpse of this. God is going to take people who are born with no eyes and put eyes in those sockets. God is in a mask going to open up ears. And with one voice, everybody in that class of people here are going to say the same thing. This is the Lord's doing it and it's marvelous in our eyes. Hallelujah. Glory to God. There is no sickness, no disease, no infirmity that is more powerful than the hope that is in Christ. The miraculous. And if you think he was, you know, up to something and meant business in Acts chapter 2, 3, 4, and 5, wait and see what he does in you and through you. You're the well. You're the well. Hallelujah. You're going to be minding your own business, going down, shopping at Kroger, and all of a sudden God's going to just come all over you and you're going to lay hands on somebody. Amen. They're going to drop whatever they just picked up off the shelf and go home healed in Jesus' name. 
Then they're going to go telling everybody they know I was over there in the fresh produce section and just minding my own business. And this crazy Hope Harbor person laid hands on me. And I've had this thing for 15 years, and now I am healed in Jesus' name. Are you okay with that? You're going to run into somebody that spent the past several nights crying their eyes out because of loss, because of grief, because of sorrow, because of personal failure. You're going to run across their path and God's going to unctionize you to say this person needs to hear the hope of forgiveness and restoration. You're going to open up your mouth and their whole world's going to be changed. And they're going to run around telling everybody how they're ready to take their life and join the masses of people being dominated right now by a spirit of suicide. But instead of that, somebody came across their path and told them that Jesus is Lord. They gave their life to the Lord. They're going to tell everybody, instead of killing their lives, they turned it over to Jesus Christ. Glory to God. Thank you, my Father. There's somebody out there today in this city that needs an encounter. And that encounter comes through people who are his wells. Spent a lot of time on this series. Not as much time on the one thing. <laughs> but in wrapping this up, I just want to, to encourage you that that is his plan. To use his people. Wherever you go, you're the well. Wherever you are, the hope is in you. If you just open up your mouth, Good things are going to come out. If you just position yourself, be bold enough to say what God tells you to say, and do what he tells you to do, you're going to see amazing things happen. This is a season of miracles like never before. And raise your hand if you're in agreement with that. God can use you. God can use you. Lift it up high. Come on, lift it up high and say, God can use me. Come on, say, thank God. He didn't cancel me. He's called me. We still have a mission. I am one of his wells. And when I flow, message comes out. Members are added. Miracles take place. I'm at his disposal. Say, Lord, I am yours to command today and every day. In Jesus' name, flow through me. Speak through me. Love through me, touch through me, help through me, encourage through me, deliver through me, heal through me, provide through me. Do you mean that? Do you mean that today? Come on, give him a hand clap and thank him for it.